Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. My name is Promise, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're so glad you could join us, but before we get into the world, let's open up in prayer. Lord, I thank you for today. Just thank you for providing for all our needs, Lord, and just giving us everything you have for us, Lord, and just giving us an opportunity to receive from you, Lord, and understand what you're telling us, Lord, so that we're able to apply it to our lives, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for just giving us your blessing, Lord, and just showing us what's right and what's wrong, Lord, so that we can inherit your kingdom, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In amen. Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, welcome, everybody. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our discussion of the Word and study of the book of Acts. We are currently in chapter 20, and this morning we're going to be covering verses 25 through 38. Moving forward in the, the conversation that the Apostle Paul is having with the elders from Ephesus. So could I get a volunteer to read from Acts 20, verses 25 through 38, please? I will. All right, Layla. And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent, I'm sorry, of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this, that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke, and that they would see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. Mm-hmm. Amen. So as is our custom. We're going to open the floor up and give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you may have. So who would like to begin? I will. All right, I promise. Well, the Lord especially pointed out to me verse 26 where where Paul said that he was innocent of the blood of all men. Mm-hmm. And Lord, show me that um, he reminded me of how most people inside the body of Christ say more so um, think about what they've done before the Lord and say, oh man, that disqualifies me from multiple things. And as a result, they don't enter what the Lord has for them. And the Lord reminded me of, I 
this is inside of, I believe, 1 Corinthians, how it talks about that um, we are made new creatures when we accept the Lord as our Savior. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord is reminding me that that with being a new cre- creature, it doesn't mean that um, all the old things have, uh, all the old things are still old- there. It just means that there's new things there. Our inward man is made new. And even though your body is still the same, Saul still physically looked, or Paul still physically looked like Saul of Tarsus. He didn't get new eyeballs, you know, new hair color, new skin color. He didn't grow five inches, anything like that. He still looked on the looked the same on the outside, but the inside of him was new. His spirit was dead before. And when he received Jesus as his Lord and Savior, his spirit man became alive. So all things became new for him. And uh, you're referencing 2 Corinthians 5.17, but, and also Galatians 6.15. But what that's saying is we have an opportunity. And when we bring our sin and our lives before the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him as Savior, he throws those sins into the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the East is from the West, he does not remember our sins anymore. So we have that, that grace with him. And it's up to us to walk in the newness of life that we have in him. The old man is dead, which is also um, why the the natural, the water baptism is important just to help us visualize what we are doing when we say I do to Jesus Christ. The old man is being buried and submerged and washed away. And we come up a new person in Christ Jesus. Um I'm glad that you said that he, he had to let go of his past. He was no longer the murderer that he had been, but he was someone new and different in Jesus Christ who was not responsible for the blood of anybody else. But also there's a reference here, especially in the context of what he's saying, I told you what the Lord told me to tell you. I didn't hold anything back. That touches back on Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 18. Where the 33, Lord... yes. <laughs> oh, oh there's, it's in 33 as well? Um, yes, he talk, in 33 he talks about the watchman essentially on the wall in his message and the Lord's saying, Hey, if I give you a message and you go to them and, and you tell them and they don't turn from it, their blood's on their own head. But if I tell you to go and you don't, then, uh, yes, there's, there's an issue. Their blood's on your head. So, and what he's saying is I have fulfilled everything. I've said everything the Lord has declared for me to, to tell you, I've taught you these things, whether you turn from them or you don't which is very similar to, to Moses. And it says how Moses would would um, take off the veil, go into the tent of meeting, and when he came out, he'd put the veil back on. But then he would only declare what the Lord had commanded him to share. So there's that similarity here with Paul saying, I've done everything that's required of me to do as it pertains to you. You have what you need. Now, the question for them, as, it, as well as for us, Will we do it? Will we take those words? Will we heed the warnings and apply them to our lives? It's not just for those back then or written at this time, the time of the quote-unquote first church. It applies for us today. Will we adhere or heed what the Lord is saying to us? Will we follow his wisdom, his knowledge? Will we get understanding on how we are to live a life before him, walking in faith, him being our God and, and we being his people. 
or will we pursue the things that our flesh desires? And with that, um, we also see that Paul had to be willing to maintain and continue in that same forgiveness that he already experienced. Meaning that Paul can bring it up um, later with say, oh Lord, what about this? And keep bringing it up over and over, asking for forgiveness for the same things over and over. Mm -hmm. Because that's just as bad has continued to do so. But also, Paul, when he once he was forgiven, he couldn't slip back into his old life. Hmm. We see that also inside of Ezekiel, where it talks about if a righteous man lives righteously all his life, but then he sins at the very end, it will do him no good. Even if he never sinned once during that period, or if a wicked man sinned his whole life and then turned to the Lord at the very end, he'd be saved. Mm -hmm. The same is true here was that Paul had to continue to walk in what the Lord was telling him because he understood that's where the grace was coming from. It's not just, Lord, just forgive me my sins while I continue to sin some more. Mm -hmm. um, if I do a good work in between here, you won't forget the, you'll forget the previous ones and then just hold me to these new ones. That's mm -hmm. not how it works, but he had to go the whole way with it. And I think that's one of the reasons why Paul wants to continue to be in the will of the Lord because he understands that's where the covering is for him in his life. Amen. And he has, he has now developed a reliance on the Lord and a love for God. Before, when, when Saul was a Pharisee, there was no love of God. It was an adherence to statutes that bought him status and um, self-righteousness and a means and an opportunity to lord over other people. But now that he has come to know Christ, you can see that he's developed a love for him. And especially as you read his writings, um, and his epistles to the churches, that he has come to know God beyond just letters on a page and a vehicle in which to use to browbeat someone else or to um, execute or push them away. But now he is drawn near and the scripture that once was a means for him to lord over someone else is now something that draws him near to the heart of God, where he can see the mercy of God, the grace of God that was always present, but he missed because he wasn't there for relationship with the Lord. But now coming to Christ, he is there for relationship and has learned that and has passed that on to the disciples that he made in the name of Jesus Christ, not disciples to himself, but disciples to the Lord. And just just watching that maturity, as you said, promise, and watching that growth happen in him so that he could finish the course. It doesn't it does no good to start on the right path, but then turn away from it. And the Lord Jesus, when he was in his natural ministry, even made a, a reference to that when he talked about the two sons. One said that he would go to do the the Father's will that day, but then ended up not going. And one said that he would not go. But then he changed his mind and ended up going to do whatever the, the father had asked him to do. And the Lord asked him, which one did the father's will? Well, it was the one who said no initially, but came and finished and actually did what was asked of him. So it's not about necessarily what we say with our lips, because we can offer lip service and be nowhere present, you know, internally, or even in the actions that we take, we just say what we need to say to get away for the moment. But the intention and the actuality of us actually completing what God said doesn't manifest or materialize in our own life. So in that same regard, it's not always how you start, but it's how you finish. But here's the grace and the wisdom of God. Start the right way. 
carried out through the middle and complete the right way, complete the task. And, you know, the apostle Paul, especially through Hebrews, excuse me, talks about finishing the course, right? The author and finisher of our faith, finishing, finishing, finishing. He says that repeatedly because the Lord I'm sure had to encourage him. He didn't get this from himself. Holy Spirit poured this out on the inside of him so that he himself was encouraged to go the whole way. The Holy Spirit is the one who told him, buffet your flesh unless you be disqualified. Holy Spirit is the one who said, you've done well, son, but keep going. You have not attained just yet. Keep pressing. Lay aside the sin that would easily beset you and press toward the mark and the high calling in Christ. Um, Layla, you have something sweeter? Yes, um, I appreciated what you and, you know, the boys and dad were sharing about um, Paul finishing the race. And I appreciated the the following verses in verse 29, where Paul was talking about wolves and being watchful of the snares that the adversary would set for us. And mm-hmm. something the Lord had shown me, it's easy to go, well, these wolves or these uh, people that will cause us to stumble are always external. It's always somebody else. And mm-hmm. we hardly ever look at ourselves as doing that for others or to ourselves like um how would i phrase it being your worst enemy um causing your own downfall because you're you're prideful you're arrogant whatever the issue is you're not in the love of god if you just want to sum that up in one one sentence right there and paul is telling these elders and us today be watchful for all the advent all the tricks of the devil he doesn't just come one way and he doesn't always and he isn't always blatant with it either he'll come in subtly and if he can get you to fall away in one point then what what would stop him from trying any other point so it's an encouragement to make sure that we keep our eyes on the lord and in that finishing we watch and we defend the things that god has given each and every one of us amen promise well with what you're saying it's also important important to understand um inside the previous verse it says to shepherd the flock and shepherding doesn't mean as soon as you see one sheep going away striking the sheep down and then burning it to dust and then saying all right that eel's done with but it's bringing that sheep back into alignment with the lord and that's how we're supposed to live our lives instead of trying to um, destroy the actual flesh and as soon as someone sins trying to push them out and say oh no you can't do that anymore because you sinned it's all about um, bringing that person back into alignment with the Lord so that they're able to come back to the Lord and enjoy the full benefits mm-hmm. we have the ministry of reconciliation mm-hmm. in Christ Amen. Jesus there's there's many things to balance at the same time as we are shepherding as we're leading and guiding it's not just one thing it's not just preach the word. There's also correction. There's also love that's involved. There's also um, providing direction from, you know, aside from learning the principles of God, how do you apply it to your life? You know, there's so many things that are involved with just life, the life of, of humans on the earth, and also being a leader in the church and how he was instructing them. There's There's so much more than what seems like the straightforward. And so like you were saying, Layla, not to not for us to not let it fail what the Lord is asking us to do, but also to reconcile, you know, ones who are outside or have gone astray to reconcile them in love. That was the the one sheep from the 99 that the Lord was looking for, right? That sheep that wandered off, he went to go get and to restore to the fold, 
if that sheep would be restored. But doing that in a way that remembers and that we're reminded of all the things that are necessary so we are well-rounded. We have the Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth and shows us things to come. He teaches us everything that we need to know, and he shows us how to manage on all sides everything that we need to look out for. You know, parenting isn't just giving birth, right? There's things after that. It's not just getting someone saved and then you're like, all right, little little newbie creation, bye. You know, you're in the kingdom. You're good to go. You've got it now. Right. That one needs to be raised up, reared into the things of God. And that takes a lot of resource. It takes a lot of watchfulness. It takes consistency. It takes endurance to the end. It takes perseverance. It takes patience. It takes kindness. It takes love. It takes joy so that you don't fail and give up in the middle of the process. And those same things are required in ministry as well, or as we're helping others grow towards Jesus Christ. Amen. And there's a structure that's involved, right? Because if there's no structure and people that can operate within the structure, and not that you're as a shepherd setting forth the structure, the Lord is the one that structures and has structured his house and his body as he designed it. So we have to, everyone has to get to a place where they can function, they can operate. How can the shepherd leave the 99 and go after the one? How is that even possible unless others have been raised up and are able to operate in the teachings the training, the instruction, the guidance, the wisdom, the knowledge that's been passed on to everyone else. That they actually apply all that to their life and continually demonstrate it. Or would it not hinder the shepherd from going after the one? It and yes, he gets the one, but then now 99 are scattered across the hills. It would make it impossible. So we each have a, a part and a role to go, I see that, I hear it, I receive it, and I'm applying it diligently to my daily life. Every area and every aspect of our life. So we can then also encourage, admonish, exhort, rebuke if need be, and all done in love, others, and build them up. It's not just on the one person, the one shepherd, the the pastor, whatever it is, each of us has a, a part and a role to play. Just like it was said in Ezekiel. Just like it was with Moses wait, and the children of Israel in the wilderness. Not just on Moses, not just on Aaron, not just on the Levites. The Lord always desired and uh, delighted in his children following him. That he be their God and they be his people that they would have a heart towards him to do everything he had said to do. Not just what was in his written word, but what he was speaking to them personally, individually, just like we have here with, with Paul. It applies to us today. It matters to us today. Yes. So we, in turn, need to do the same things, to be willing to submit to the Lord and his leading in every area and aspect. Not to be in opposition, not to make it difficult for him and for those in authority that are teaching and training and guiding us and building us up in the Lord and in the things of the Lord 
to do their job. And by their job, I mean what the Lord has called and destined for them. Amen. 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 All right, well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you that you have given us your wisdom and your knowledge, Lord, and that you are training us up so we can go and be your ambassadors in this world, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you for the personal relationship that we can have with you, Lord, and that you are always present, Lord, and that you always guide us and give us the right answers to every situation. Lord, we also just thank you for our listeners, Lord, and that you're working in their lives, Lord, and that you are continuing to show yourself faithful to them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.